All right, we're back. We had some technical difficulties. Sorry. I'm sorry. So I'm sorry, Miss Graham. You know, that's very unprofessional of us. We've been having some issues over here. Maybe we had way too many, like we said, we had too many powerful laptops going on at the same time. <laughs> My man brought his, his HP. You know what I mean? That's straight, the reason. That's the reason. Straight don't from have the a government. Don't have a MacBook. Straight from the government office. <laughs> straight here. Whatever. So we had a tough time. Uh, but, you know, like, like we said before, we're just happy to have you here. Um, and we definitely appreciate you coming on. And let's go ahead and get this started. Yes. So, first and foremost, we we we, we know your background. Uh, we know your background, but our audience don't know your background. Can you just go ahead and just give our audience just a little bit, a uh, little quick summary of your background and all the things you've been involved in to this day? Well, how did I get to where I am right exactly. now? Exactly. <laughs> the Southern way of saying it, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, yes, I currently work for the NFL. Um, I started out uh, ESPN, um, wow, 2004. So I worked for ESPN and college football and college sports. I was an associate producer and you can only imagine um, being a production assistant and going to that and um, working biggies. And I also worked conference USA. I worked, this is when you know that college sports were college sports. This is when the Mountain West was still out there. Uh, so, right. Yes, yes. So I worked Mountain West and um, that was fun. I did that for five years and then then moved on and I started working for the Players Association as well as started working for Sporting News. So, yes, journalism is my background. I love to write. Um, as you guys know, I love to talk. And during that time, I also started my own brand, um, SG's NFL Wire. Um, started my own radio podcast with the Inside Wire Sports Radio Show. And these guys and I have been rocking, I mean, gosh, since like 2007. Oh, wow. um, our podcast is awesome. We do it every week on Wednesdays. And I love my guys because we just, you know, we go back and forth. And it's a lot of banter about football, but we also talk about other sports. So within that, um, I've also been able just to incorporate my incorporate my writing. And with Sporting News, that is what I did there. So I was writing um, for Sporting News and college football as well. And then after leaving there and leaving the NFL Players Association is what got me here to the NFL I've been with the NFL now for five years, and it has been awesome. I work in compliance and policy, and you guys can, uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure everyone thinks that we're the bad guys, and we're not, you know. So working, working in football, yes, working in football operations and compliance and policy for on-field rules has been, I mean, when I tell you, because I love the game, has been just phenomenal for my growth professionally as well as personally. And being able to just see everything that we do in football operations from every unit, whether it's officiating, business strategy, player marketing and communications, and looking at just the overall aspect of game operations 
and how everything goes from getting the game started up until the very end of the game, we make it happen. So I'm very blessed to work under um, the leadership of our EVP, Troy Vincent, as we all know, who is a NFL legend and former player and has been under Troy's leadership now for years. So it has been, I mean, just phenomenal um, at what I've been able to do from ESPN until now. And just being in the, the core of the rules and on field and um, uniform and policy and working with players and agents has been great for me. Um, outside of that, outside of the actual day-to-day in the game, I also work the NFL draft every year. So um, that for me has been great because it takes me back to my college days and able to just, you know, really divulge into those guys that, you know, we're looking at bringing in um, as our next, you know, group of rookies year to year. And it's just been, I mean, as you guys know, every year, it's just, it, it makes you just say, wow, these athletes have changed so much you know, from when I started in 2004 up until now and looking at how the conferences have changed. You know, you don't have the Big East, what the Big East used to be like anymore. Um, so it's it's been, you know, it's been a journey. But I, again, I am truly blessed to do what I am able to do and continue to do my writing and also my podcast. So it's been great. So that's that's where I am now. So, and that, and that's a good that's a good segue, right? So, what I mean, going through, I mean, you you definitely gave us a lot of like tabits on what what got you started to the NFL, but what made you so passionate about football that made you want to just commit your because that's a lot of time and resources. What what was so passionate about football <laughs> that made you want to just go ahead and go all in and become and go from ESPN to the NFL? What was it about it that you just love so much? Well, when you look at all the professional sports across the board, one thing that you can say about football is that football is a sport that it's ongoing. It's not like baseball. Baseball's slow. You're waiting for something to happen. Basketball, we understand, you know, just the dynamics of the running up and down the court, you know. But football has so many levels of it that, it, it's just it's so much that's happening that you're able to key in on and you understand that in order for this to happen, that means, oh, by the way, that right tackle has to be in the right place or that linebacker has to see that play. And for me, that is the challenge and the beauty of seeing everything that goes on in that sport. Everybody's job, the three levels that you see from offense to defense, the special teams, the coaches, and what they do, you know, outside of just what you see on the field. But the, the study and the time that goes into that has always, for me, been something that I wanted to get better at and perfect. And that, for me, presented the challenge of, I'm going to master this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to know that this is why this game is so important. It's not soccer. It's not baseball. It's not basketball. But it is one of, in, in my opinion, it is the best professional sports that, I mean, in the world. Okay. 
we, as you all know, we're becoming more and more um, international with having games in London as well as games um, in Mexico that we do now. So, you know, when you think about everything that goes on with football, it's like, who wouldn't be a fan? No, you still don't see women playing football, but you do see women in coaching positions now. You also see women as officials now on the field. And that for me is huge, you know, because it, it not only just gives us a voice, but it also lets people know that even as a woman, we understand this game. For me, I've always loved the challenge, always loved the fact that there's always something going on and everybody has a job to do in order to make it happen. So it's that connect for me that, you know, even as the little girl growing up and being able to sit and watch football games with my dad and, you know, him teaching my, my sisters and I just about everything with him playing baseball, knowing that this was a game that I truly loved. My dad also um, played football as well, but, you know, baseball was his sport. But he never, you know, put us into a bucket of just knowing one sport. But that was the sport that I loved. And then I just, I grew more and more passionate about learning it, perfecting it, and what makes this football sport that much special. And again, I don't care what anyone says. I think we are the best professional sport okay. in the world. And, 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 <laughs> so, that's, and that's fantastic. Just quick, real quick uh, before we jump to the next question. Can you just explain like the level, the, the commitment that you had to, as far as like, let me see, how can I word this? The, the level of commitment that you had to apply to just, just to get yourself to a point where you're at today. Like what, like did you, I mean, was it restless nights? It was, <laughs> new as hours of studying, like you say, you know, you talked about your father and his his imprint on what he had as far as your knowledge of the game, but kind of get jump into like a little bit like the level of commitment you had to do to get you yourself the way you're at right now. Well, that definitely starts from my faith. You know, I'm a, I'm a very I'm a believer. And if you get to the table and you actually you're passionate about what you believe in and what you know you can do, then there's nothing that anyone can stop you from doing. So once you get that opportunity, you it's up to you to make it happen. Talent can get you there, but it takes intelligence to stay there. And for me, that comes into play when it comes into my study. Everything that I do, not just on a day to day but watching the games, watching players, watching movements, knowing what every play means, what's going to dictate the next play, watching film, understanding what the mic is. Well, the mic is the middle linebacker. What's the Sam? What's the right tackle's job? What's the center's job? What's the DB's job? What's the tight end's job? You, it just for me, Knowing all of that and, you know, I have my days set where, you know, maybe on a Wednesday, I'm just only watching all the games and just all third downs. What's going on on third down in every game? How did this happen? So on Friday, on Thursdays and Fridays, I'm dedicating myself to, okay, now that I know teams are preparing for the next week, how do I mentally prepare 
or what I'm going to see or what I even think is going to happen. I'm not in the film room with a lot of these guys, but I am also a person that not just from a fan perspective, and it's not because it's my, my job. It is what I love to do. I'm also, you know, breaking down everything that I've seen. What happened? Why did they lose this game? How did they win this game? So again, to be able to get that opportunity, um, I've never, ever passed up an opportunity. And that is what got me to this point, the study. And just knowing that you have to believe you can do this. My faith, I'm big in that. And with that, that has gotten me to where I am, knowing that I'm worthy because I know what I can do. I know my value that I bring. And I also know no one, I'm unique. No one can do what I do. Mm. And you have to believe that. Yeah, I hit the nail on the head with that. <laughs> so, so since everybody think you are the bad guy, um, bad guys in the office, uh, what, what is, um, talk to us about your role with the NFL. So my role in um, compliance and author rules is uh, supporting everything with uniform and equipment and on-field rules and policy. So you can imagine, <laughs> you know, players knowing the uniform rules and on-field policy. And, you know, when we talk about the rules, of course, everyone says, well, why do you guys make it up such a big deal if he wears these shoes or if he can't wear these shoes? Well, understand that it's just like anything. You know, when you, when you come, you know, to work, you know you have a uniform that you have to wear and you have to be dressed properly. And of course that just goes into just making sure that, you know, equipment for these guys is right. You know, we never want no one to come into a game with not the right shoulder pads or the helmets not fitting right or not having the right knee pads on. We want everybody to be in uniform, whether it's your socks pulled up or, you know, even with your undergarment tucked in and, of course, your cleats. I mean, that means a lot. So, and with on-field, I mean, we all know we've seen games and, you know, you see, of course, you know, live, you're going to say, oh, my God, that was a vicious hit. He's going to get a fine for that hit. Now, you may have not seen a flag, but that doesn't mean that, okay, a player doesn't necessarily get a fine at a hit. Even if you do see the officials throw a flag, still doesn't mean that he's going to get a fine. So, you know, looking at that, we really do a lot um, as far as my unit with maintaining our integrity of the game. You know, um, when it comes to health and safety of the game, as well as the rules. You know, we want to make sure that these rules are put out Players understand these rules and everyone from the coaches to the equipment staff, the training staff, as well as to our staff understand that these rules are only in place to better our game and to keep these athletes health and safety on one accord as much as we can. Yeah. So, yeah, so I know that sometimes when the NFL and you talk about compliance, like, if they wear their cleats, they got to take them all by a certain time, right? 
Can you hear me, Sharon? Now I can. You okay, went out. Yeah, yeah, so I know sometimes with the complying, you guys make them take their cleats off, right? If they're the wrong color or things like that. Yes. So Aaron Kamara's six touchdown game, he wore the red cleats the whole game. Right. Why did he weren't able to take them off and wear them the whole game? Okay, so is your question is why did he have to take the cleats off? So why were you here allowed to wear the cleats the whole game? Whereas with compliance, you make them take them off. Okay, so are we talking about this past season? Because I think I know what game you're talking about. Yeah, the Christmas game. Yes, yes. So let's just say that you and I know that's not the Saints' cleats and their colors. So, um, but given, if, if they are given special approval, then they are able to wear mm. their cleats. However, because if, if something like that does happen, then yes, they will be fined for that. The team has their colors in which every player knows you know, between your color stockings, your socks, and the cleats that you're supposed to wear, that they have to be in compliance. So you may have a player that doesn't. And, then, and that's why I said I knew what game you're talking about. So, you know, you already know the punishment that's coming. <laughs> but you guys, you guys, you guys are tough. tough, man. Yeah, tough. tough. <laughs> so so talk, talk to us about what was your role at ESPN. ESPN. Oh, wow. We're going back to those college days because I know you guys are a, a huge college sports fans. You already know. So at, at ESPN and working the Big East and again, I, I worked uh, uh, Mountain West and, and Conference USA. So in, in being a production assistant and going to um, on to be a social producer, I um, one of the things that we always did was, and I, I'm sure you guys are familiar with B-roll, when you're watching B-roll. And that means, so, of course, during a timeout, we're in, the, we're in the truck, you know, at the game, in the production truck, which everyone knows, you know, the trucks that are out, you know, behind the stadium that are set up, you know, having everything going on, that's, you know, with the game. So we're in the truck. And with that, I was always the person that was in charge of B-roll. So, for instance, you know, if it was a game, UConn and um, I don't know at that time Louisville was in the Big East um, and we were doing you know um, a, a, a B-roll or a bump going into break on the quarterback then I would have to get all the plays together I've already seen from the first you know maybe first half of the game of the quarterback and his plays and I had to put that together on the fly so it was like looking for the play cut the play looking for this play, cut the play. And then, oh, by the way, I got to make sure this is rolling. So when you, as a fan or the viewer on TV, see it, then you see us going to break with that B-roll. So I was always in charge of B-roll and making sure that whatever we did in the truck also went to the studio. Because, of course, back in the studio um, where you would have them talk about, you know, let's go to highlights for, you know, this game. That is what I did. So, and sometimes we even wrote the script 
for for um, everyone on air to know just what they were looking at. So that was my job. But I love doing B-roll. I love doing because that, in you know, for me, being able to watch the game, edit film, and also being able to talk about what I'm seeing, that helps me. And that helps a person as a play-by-play know what's going on, you know? So that's what I did at ESPN. Did you ever want to be in front of the camera? Uh, I don't know. A lot of people tell me that I should have yeah, done it. you like to talk. I don't know what you was doing. I don't know what you was doing. Sitting behind that, talking about you, you, you aiming to be ladies. Like, oh, you should have been in front of that camera. You could have been, you could have been first take doing for Stephen A. Smith. Because that should have been you. Hey, you know, I'm I'm sure that I mean, you guys, I, I again, you guys know how how I dig deep into my my film review and my analysis, and when I am sitting up and I'm talking to I'm myself saying. about. This is what's going on, and this right. is what's going to happen. And, you know, of course, I get, you know, oh, you don't know football, and you don't know this is going to happen. I'm like, folks, trust me. I'm, I'm not perfect, but I am 98% right on a lot of things that I see, and I know what's going to happen. I'm because I always tell right people, if you don't know coverages, if you don't know coverages, right. and you don't know what player plays, in each coverage, right. you're not going to know what's going on. You're not going to know what's going on. And I know DC know. is going to finally open the sports book down downtown. And you just need to know that you're going to be right there on that phone call while making them bets. They're going to be opening real soon. And eventually, it's going to be they open. She's messing with you, man. Uh, yes, she, she is. You, uh, yes, she is. Yeah. She made a mistake of calling me. That's nothing to say. Sorry, going to be the inside. So, so, so Ms. Graham, walk us through the NFL draft. Like, I know that the NFL, especially currently, right? No, mm-hmm. Don't walk us just through it. Talk about now, like how you guys are dealing with COVID-19. They're opening it back up. Everybody can get back in the draft room now. Right? <laughs> walk us through, like, how you guys going to handle this situation in 2021? Well, I will tell you, everything's uh, still undecided. Yeah, about that? I just read that. So, read but, that. Like, but, but you know what? I will, but we will talk draft. Okay. So NFL draft, I, I feel like, and, and I love it. It's, it's my baby. It's an event that I think that you, you get a chance to, and I always tell people, if you get that opportunity to go to the NFL draft and you are on that red carpet with your mom and your dad or, you know, your family members, you do not miss that opportunity. Not everybody gets that opportunity. So the NFL draft, as you all know, we have, you know, We all know um, we've been seeing some spectacular pro days um, from a lot of colleges so far. So um, that always helps us just to get a better look at, you know, these players that, of course, between scouts and GMs pretty much project is going to go in the first first, you know, two rounds of the draft. So with that, you know, we send out the invites and we say congratulations. This is what we would love to happen for the NFL draft. Um, as we all know, 
um, that prospect, NFL draft prospect and his family comes to the city that we're having draft in. And we make this an experience unlike any other. Um, I can't tell you alone. I mean, I live here in Philly. And when we had the draft here in Philly in 2017, it was phenomenal. Unlike anything that I've ever seen, the first outside draft ever. And to see all the people, you know, across Benjamin Franklin Parkway was insane. Absolutely beautiful. Um, And then we talk about the different cities that, you know, now that we are taking the draft to, I think just elevates, you know, the National Football League to what we were able to do, you know, and what we, we, we see so many of these draft prospects do, you know, in the different cities we're able to go into now. We did it in Dallas. We did it in Nashville. Um, you know, so these are things that, you know, as an NFL draft prospect, it's like, who would not want to go to the draft? No, it's not New York. But at the same time, I mean, again, we're going to be in Vegas in another year. So these are just, these, these, this is just, again, it's one of those things, you know, everyone says, well, it's not as big as the Super Bowl. I think it is, you know? Um, so with that, we just, we, we have a week of events that we take the prospects and their families through. And we just, you know, again, it's, it's, it's one of those, it's, it's leading up to draft night. And on that Thursday night, you get to see everyone from ESPN to NFL Network and all the networks come together on the red carpet to interview the prospects. And you also get to see all the teams, you know, pretty much the projections of where these teams are, you know, are thinking about, you know, leaning towards who their pick's going to be. So the NFL draft is an experience that I tell anyone you should come. It's free and you should come. And it's, it's, it's unlike anything, anything you will ever experience. Um, prospects and their families is the best part of the NFL draft to me. I mean, I have families who still call me, you know, from three years ago that I worked with because it's that lasting impression that you leave on them and the, the fun that their, their families were able to have and just those memories that you're not going to get from the first game or even, you know, from a playoff game. You only get those memories from the NFL draft. And the draft is huge. I mean, we got – I mean, we all know – I mean, we do it throughout the whole weekend, and it's huge. And, again, it's, it's an experience – I will tell anyone you have to come. It's free. You have to come. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Have you had when no no fact. This is this this is a better question. When did it come so taboo to hug the commissioner like that? Everybody's got a bear hug. Like it just it was first it was just like shake hands, one or two nah. people shake hands. Yeah. Now it's like, man, let me hug him like, and kill him. Like, bear hug him. Like, when did it become so tired when everybody wants to do it? Did you notice that? Oh, like, why is this such a big deal? <clears throat> well, I'll say this. Um, I think it's, 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 def- it's definitely nothing rehearsed. I think it's um, something that guys, you know, kind of, you know, say, this is what I'm going to do when I get on stage. You know, so, but I, I do think that it makes it fun. Because we do, 
we do know what, you know, Christian Wilkins did just a year ago in Tennessee. And I thought he was going to knock the commissioner down. I was like, oh, my God. I can't believe Christian went out and did that. So to get fined before he even got his first check. Slow down, slow down. So, you know, but it's one of those things that I think it just, and for him to, you know, they're, they're happy, they're excited. So, you know, I think it's just emotions, you know. We don't know what those guys are going to do when they get on stage, but it is not rehearsed. Yeah. So I think it just, it gives them that, you know what, I just want to, I mean, this may be the first and last time I ever shake the commissioner's hand or I give him a hug. So let me just show him my appreciation for the league inviting me here and me being picked to now be a professional football player. And I just think it's fun, you know? Let me, let me ask you another follow-up question on that, then. So when – was you there when Lamar Jackson was in the, the green room? Like, yes. You, what, was your, what was your feel of the, or take of that? Like, when he was sliding down that draft board, him and his mom was sitting at the table, and you could see the pressure of him not being drafted – you know, where he thought he was going to get drafted at was seemed like it's weighing heavy on him. <clears throat> what was your take on that when you saw that happening? Like, what, what, what were you thinking? Like, was you, are you guys just not even worried about what's going on when you see those type of slides? No, we are. We're in the green room. We are worried. <laughs> oh, okay. so what are you, you thinking when you're sitting there watching this happen? Um, so I'll say this, and then I have two colleagues who can back me up on this. The first thing I said was, I think a lot of teams are going to realize they're making a mistake when he kept sliding. Mm-hmm. Um, I also said, I know he'll get picked, but we just didn't know where. Because even when we got to 20, we got to that 20th pick, it was like, okay. Now, the previous 19, I had already said, a lot of teams are making big mistakes because you saw teams that pass up on him who needed a quarterback. Right. He's in desperate need of quarterbacks. So as the pressure started mounting, we all know Bill Belichick is a master at what he does right. with being able to trade picks and, you know, maneuver, you know, in and out of the first round of the draft, which the Patriots do so very well. So, again, trading the pick, giving Baltimore that pick, I knew then he was going to go. Oh, really? Yes. Like, In the back of our mind, like, our palms are sweaty as well. <laughs> We're nervous as well. And, and and I would say nervous, but I would say excited. Because, you know, this is a time that these young men's dreams are about to come true. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, that year, the Edmonds brothers. I mean, to have two brothers go in the same round. Right. That's huge. That's never happened Jesus, before. Right? Yep. So mm-hmm. exactly. So, you know, again, we see this. So, yeah, the nervousness kicks in, kicks in for us as well. But also the excitement but of you, just you knowing that, what's going to happen. That pressure in the green room. Can you feel it? Yes. You can feel the pressure in the green room. All right. Okay. okay. <laughs> well, hold on. I have one more question. We're going to get you a little, a little uh, camera. Yeah, I, need, I need that, right? I need one. So when, one more question. When Nicole Lynn had her draft pick, uh, Quentin, Quentin Williams came out of Alabama, when he was picked in, the, I think, first round, fourth pick, what was going through your mind when you seen that happen, being that she is, I think, the first lady agent to have a first round draft pick? 
No, first one to have a top five draft pick. I think someone yes. came right behind him. Like another lady that had another pick that came right behind her. Kimberly Mile. Yes. Right. So, what was your what was okay. your thoughts then? So if you know, so number one, if you know Nicole's story right. and you know Quentin's story, phenomenal stories. Exactly. Um, he's such a great young man to know what happened, you know, with his mom and to know that, you know, she has worked hard to get to where she is. Right. And you know, to have this young man and everyone, you know, he was always projected to go within at least the first, what, at least the top five mm -hmm. of the, of the first round. So to see that and see how emotional he was and how emotional she was, that was huge. Um, that was the year that we were in Nashville. Right. And I mean, again, you, again, when you know the stories and you know, what it has taken for these prospects and their families to get there. And then when they do get there and, you know, we try to welcome them with open arms and we're saying, this is going to be great. Everybody's going to go on Thursday night, you know? Um, but it was, it was really, it was very emotional, you know, um, but very happy for him, very happy for her. Because again, I mean, you see his family that he had surrounded around him, um, the dedication that they did for his mom, um, and just knowing that, you know, this is a kid that, you know, from Alabama, right. that that's all he's ever dreamed of, to lose his mother the way he did, and just being able to trust her and put everything in her hands was huge. He's from, he went to Winona. No, no, in Burma. <laughs> it's crazy. His brother got drafted in the same draft. Oh wow! Yeah, his older brother. He got drafted in the third round. Oh, that's what's up. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yes, sir. Hey, Sean, hey, Sean real, real quick. What goes into picking an NFL draft site? What goes into that? Like, how did Vegas, Vegas of course, New Stadium? Um, um, but what goes into that process? So that is a process that is voted on. As you all know, um, the off-season meetings that the league has with the owners, um, as well as, you know, other stakeholders um, that go into a room and they look at everything. You know, this is a city that has proposed that we come here. We don't pay the city. The city puts up a very great deck of why we should have the NFL draft here. And when you think about everything that goes into what is going to make the city different from the previous year, you know, what's going to make Vegas better than what we did in Tennessee? What's going to make Dallas better than what we did in Philadelphia? That is something that is voted on. So that is not a fan vote or, you know, an employee vote the owners and everyone who's on that committee and the stakeholders in that vote on that. So they take all the, the proper, you know, when you're looking at logistics, when you're looking at size and everything that's going to go into the draft and how well, you know, we even think the, the, I, I would say fans, but also just how well it's going to just really be a hit um, because year to year, you always want to get better, you know? Yeah. 
So um, that is something that's voted on that goes into that. So every city is lining up with, hey, this is my bid for the draft. <laughs> so, so, Shar, yeah. do you think by going from city to city that help it, it, it brings the uh, fans and the NFL together more? No, I definitely think it helps. It, it definitely helps by far um, because it gives other fans the opportunity to come out and see whether it's their favorite players or just be a part of our NFL experience that they wouldn't typically get. Think about it. Not everybody's going to go to a game right. in Green Bay. You got that right. <laughs> not everybody's going <laughs> to... Not everybody's going to be able to go to a game even in Dallas, right. you know? So this is an opportunity where we also do a lot of our youth events, incorporating the youth and everyone in the communities that we're able to get and reach. This is a huge opportunity for us to do that. So I think it's great that we go from city to city. So next question, what are the things the NFL is doing to improve safety for the players and beyond? So with that, of course, we are huge in making sure our equipment is up to standard. Um, we hear about the concussions. We hear about the injuries that, you know, you think, oh, man, how did he get that injury if he's wearing knee pads and things like that? So equipment is huge for us, making sure that the safety of these players' equipment that they wear on the practice field as well as in, in games is up to par. Um, the rules, huge part of the game. So being able to mitigate a lot of the factors that goes into with concussions, the helmet to helmet, the, you know, even with, you know, whether it's, you know, players tearing or ACLs, MCLs, you know, the hit below the, the waist. Mm -hmm. So things like that is what we're improving as we talk about rules, as we talk about equipment, and we talk about the health and safety of just, you know, really making guys understand that, okay, we're cutting back from maybe the workouts, you know? So those are things that we're able to put in place. They are in place, and we hope that players are, you know, following those roles. Exactly. So that's what we're doing to help, <clears throat> excuse me, our health and safety efforts. Okay. So real quick, quick sir. Walk us through the day-to-day -day at the NFL. The day-to-day. -day. Oh, wow. Our days are, um, they're like a roller coaster. <laughs> I can imagine. So, yeah, no day is ever the same, which is great. No day is ever the same. But I'll walk you through in-season. In-season, um, after we are all done with Thursday night, we're all done with Saturday, Sunday games, and we're all done with Monday night games. So with that, um, by the time Tuesday rolls around, of course, we're seeing all the reports of who should be fined, who should not be fined, what was a legal hit, what wasn't a legal hit. And we're just going through lots of film, you know, going through film, um, going through every game, breaking down what we saw in the game. Um, of course, it's one of those where we have to go back and look and make sure 
players were compliant on the field and, you know, just make sure everything that we put in place, rules and things like that, things were met. So um, we work closely with officiating um, and we go over every game, plays, et cetera, et cetera. So throughout the week, that's what we're doing. And in a, throughout a day, I mean, I can't tell you, I mean, from appeals that, you know, I'm on and, you know, just hearing these guys talk about the play, what happened on the play, you know, um, what, you know, and a guy will tell you, if I'm being coached to do this and I'm getting fined for this, I need to know what's the right way. Exactly. And we never want that to be an issue yeah. because that is why we have this initiative now, which is called our way to play. And that is something that my EVP, Troy Vincent, is very big and huge on sticking with what's the right way to play. Let's put these way to play plays out. So every coach, every team, every player, everyone knows that this is the correct way if you're going to hit. And even as a running back, you know, you see a lot of running backs with the helmet to helmet as well. Well, we're trying to take a lot of that out of the game. So we're reviewing that. And that is what our day-to-day looks like. So, I, I mean, it's it's everything that, again, and, and, and again, we're working with officiating. We work close with officiating and other, you know, um, other units as well. But that is what we're doing on a, on a day-to-day. And no day is the same. It's all different. So you guys tend to – you have an initiative that you're working on, not only at the professional level of uh, making sure that the players are taking the, the proper precautions – Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as safety, um, helmet hit, hits, um, all that type of stuff. But you also seem to to have a, a initiative at focusing at the high school level and at the mm-hmm. younger level. Like, mm-hmm. can you just dive into that? Like, what what makes you feel like what what makes the NFL feel like they need to have to even be involved at that level? Because I mean, you're at a professional level, you have professional sports. It seems like you know you can stick at that level. You don't have to even deal with like the younger kids or elementary or high school, but it seems like the NFL makes a, a conscious effort to go down at that level and still be able to be involved and help these kids develop and take the proper techniques, train the right way, uh, hit properly. Like what, what makes the NFL feel like they want to be involved? Well, when we talk about the youth and high school and being involved on that level, the one thing I say is we all want kids to feel like they're able to play sports, not just football. Think about it. It's healthy. It's fun. It offers them an environment where they can learn values and have responsibility, as well as create personal and professional relationships. And it starts on that level. Um, we have heard the stories of some kids, you know, maybe starting later on you know, in, in their high school careers and then going on to college and being successful in the NFL. But again, you know, when you think about that, I think that we can, if, if we get to them early, we can talk about the proper tech, you know, the proper tackling techniques. We can talk about the proper equipment fitting. We can talk about how to organize, you know, just what we need to do to um, respond to injuries and, you know, things like concussions, 
even when we, we do see that in the youth and even on the high school level. We can also reach thousands of coaches across the country with our partners that we partner with about why, you know, we feel like football is, is, is important. And again, we want youth to play all sports, but as far as football, I think that getting to them that early helps us to start there because you want to be able to start somewhere. And at least we can say, no, this is what we did on this level. This is what we've been able to do in the pipeline, you know? Awesome. Does that make sense? Yep, absolutely. So, so, so what, 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 what are your thoughts on the NFL free agency period? Free agency. <laughs> you know what? Don't even worry about that question. It's about, about, wow. What about this question? What about this question? What's your thoughts when Dak signed that money? When he signed for that money, I want, I want your questions for me, right? Free agency, we gave you that question, but that's just way too easy. Way too easy. You've been giving way too easy questions, right? I love it. Oh, man. You've been giving way too easy So, I will say this. I'll say this. Okay. I want you to tell me about how you feel about Russell Wilson and him maybe getting traded to the Bears. Okay. And the third one, I want your thoughts on Deshaun. Okay. What's going on? What what should they do with them? (laughs) So, I'll say this. I do think that Dak should have been paid. I think Dak should have been paid a year ago. 40 million. I think Dak should have been paid a year ago. <laughs> 40 million. <laughs> she ain't saying that. Ain't saying that. Um, <laughs> I will say that with Dak going down this past season, it showed a lot as far as how truly important he is to that team. I love the way you, you practice, the way you, uh, <laughs> you, you said that so, so Jerry don't have no problems with that statement. <laughs> so he is very important to that team. I think that with the right pieces around Dak, we've been able to see him be successful. I do know that he'll come back better. He'll come back stronger and he'll come back with a vengeance because Dak now knows too He has goals that he's trying to reach. He's trying to not just make it to the playoffs, but this is a team that, you know, we hear every year, every year, they're going to go to the Super Bowl. So he knows now that you've given him that comfort level and he knows that this is his team, he's going to do everything that he can as that quarterback to take that team to the next level. But, Shaw, how are you going to do that when the defense is terrible? Hey, now, <laughs> the question was about that. <laughs> I'm just saying. Oh boy, they terrible. Defense? This is why I say that. Okay. Now, so I'm going to answer that. The defense, they've got a lot of work to do. Um, a lot of work to do. Um, so free agency for them, James, going back to your question, right. it means a lot to them right now. It does. A lot. They've got a lot of holes they need to fill. And, um, yeah, I, mean, I, I feel like it puts more pressure 
on Dak and the offensive side of the ball, but they've got to get that defense together. They do. And see, that's my issue when quarterbacks get all the blame and all the glory because, yeah, Dak got that money, but that money don't have nothing to do with everybody else don't perform. It don't have nothing to do with money's in the bank. Bro, you're taking away from the Go ahead, bro. Part. She Go needs ahead. to stay on topic. Let's get to Russell Wilson <laughs> and Seattle. And why and what's going on with that? And why and what's your feeling on because it seems like he I feel like he's gone. Okay, so my opinion, you asked my opinion on my feeling on this. Your opinion. Um, I think that when you get to the point where you've seen what you're able to do, you want to reign for this team, you have taken a lot of blows, and you've seen a lot of changes, a lot of comings and goings on both sides of the ball for the Seahawks. And Russell has been there for a long time. Then you start to feel like, they're devaluing you and don't appreciate you with trying to, you know, we, we know the frustrations, offensive line, getting Russell weapons, you know, um, you know, and when I say that, I mean like solid, solid number one receivers. Um, I take nothing away from the receivers that they currently have, yeah, but, a beast. you know, and, you know, running backs that, you know, you, you just can't the, – the rotating of the running backs and these guys not being able to stay healthy. I mean, I, I think that, you know, Carson's a great running back for the Seahawks. I think he worked well in that system. But now that Schottenheimer's out of there, you really don't know what you're going to see. You know, Carson is a more of a north-south type of runner. He's not a downhill guy. And I don't really know if he can take that pound for pound for pound unless you're, again, and, and he's going to be hurt. So I think Russell being frustrated, he has the right to be. I think that this puts pressure on them to figure out what they're going to do in order to keep him healthy, leading that team, and being able to do what he does best. He's, he does a lot on his own because he has doesn't really have the um, the cast that I I think he trusts. So, and and that's why I say that again. I take nothing away from the players that they have, but he's frustrated, and we all know that, and he's aired that out, and I think he has the right to be. I do. So what, so what do you think about the Deshaun situation? Deshaun situation, absolutely. Same, same thing. I mean, this young man broke records this year. He did. I mean, we didn't even see Houston get to five hundred. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's a no-brainer, a no-brainer. And I, I feel like now that players have so much power that you use that power. And that's what I think about that. I think that he should absolutely use his power. You, you don't think uh, with Russell Wilson and CC, CC Miss Sierra is uh, maybe a little tired <laughs> of Seattle in the rain? <laughs> <laughs> maybe she want to see something else. You know what I mean? Time to move mean? On. She got you know they got you got the three kids, you got the three children, lovely children by the way. And maybe she's just maybe she's like, hey, listen, the rain ain't doing it for her anymore. Do you think maybe that's it? <laughs> I mean, happy wife, happy school. life, right? 
Yes, sir. Well, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I, I think that over the next few weeks, um, it's going to be a lot. Our new season, the new league season starts on March 17th. So pencil that in. That's right. very important. Right. Our new season. Right. Yeah. 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 They definitely have to make a move by the draft. I would say. <laughs> yes. So you can still answer my well, you know, I'm gotta go to another question. Let's talk about your sports wire. SG's yes. NFL wire. SG's NFL wire. Well, that is my love. That is my baby. That is something that I really put my heart and soul into um, every week as I do uh, my football analysis. That is something that I write up and I send out across the board. <laughs> I mean, you name it, everyone's getting it. And of course, I'm getting all the messages back to me about my game picks, my analysis, and just my thoughts, my news and notes and thoughts on a lot of things, a lot of movements that we may see. Um, but that's something I've been doing, again, since I at ESPN, I started my own branding with that when I started my own podcast. And it's great. I mean, I love it. I mean, it's one of those things that when you read my wire, you understand how much, even when I come home from work, I am actually, I'm sitting and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm on my, my, my TV and I'm working my controller and I'm like going back to the play and I'm like, okay, I got to back this up, you know? Um, because again, a lot of times we see things in real time. But I'm able to see things from a replay view, from an end zone view, from a network view. So I have different views that I can see things from. And also knowing just, okay, this is this game. This defensive coordinator, this is how he thinks. This is what, you know, the emphasis is on this game. What points am I trying to make in my analysis of why I feel like this team's going to win that game. Right. So I take that step by step as I watch film and I'll also make my points and my analysis of just what I think is going to happen. And again, you may not agree with me, but I I pretty much get it right of what's going to happen down to coverages and everything. Yeah, it's, it's very detailed. <laughs> I was like, man. <laughs> We need to make some bets, like James said. You was on point with the Super Bowl. Yeah, so. But look, let's get to more serious topic. So as you see, Eric Benjamin has been passed over the last three years. What about, what do you think is the issue? You have a lot of inexperienced white coaches. What do you think about this situation? With no, no, I'll answer that. I'll answer that. So here's what I'll say: We have a pipeline, as as we all know. We have a pipeline that every coach is going through, and with this, this is of course to get more not just eyeballs on who these guys are, but more knowledge about what these guys have done, um, what they, who they coached, who've actually done the coaching, and what they're able to do right now. You know, if you had, if you had a need 
for a guy to step in. We saw that with Raheem Morris. Um, what happened in Atlanta, he actually stepped in as the interim coach. So that pipeline is very important, but it's also very important to know that those decision makers are going to make their own decision. So they can hire an outside consultant to come in and talk to them about, this is what you need to look for in a GM. This is what you need to look for in the next head coach. Maybe go offensive. Eric Bieniemy, as we all know, is awesome at what he does. Look at what he's been able to do under Andy Reid mm-hmm. with Patrick Mahomes and that Chiefs offense. Right. Andy didn't do that. Eric Bieniemy did that. Mm-hmm. So, unfortunately, who's making the decisions? That's true. But so. We have the pipeline. We have everything in place, but you have to understand who's making those decisions. That final decision. Wait, let me ask you a question. Do you feel like Eric Bieniemy needs to leave Kansas City? I feel like, and that's what my thoughts is, right? I think he needs to leave. Like, if he can do that, he can repeat the same success somewhere else. They will stop seeing <laughs> Andy Reid's making these, you know, like making a call. So like, you even watch the games, like, oh, Andy Reid made that great, brilliant call. And it could be Eric Bieniemy, but they don't want to never give him the opportunity to say it's him, right? Right. So absolutely, Kansas City leaving out that 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 blank that uh that comfort level that everybody feels like they can give it to Andy Reid will help him propel his career, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, if you don't like what you're doing and you don't like it, listen. The HBCUs they always looking for a coach. Out of a state university is definitely looking for you. We'll be looking for a coach. I think we don't win today. We're gonna be looking for a coach. So I mean, listen. At the end of the day, come on down there to the you know, come down there with your folks. You know, what I'm we don't we we gonna appreciate you. And then that's I, I you ain't gotta answer that. I'm just throwing it out there for him to understand that it's out to him. Um, what was my man from on um, the Eagles? Uh, Stacy. Uh, uh, the running back. Running back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like Deuce Staley. Now, is it Deuce Staley? Deuce Staley. Deuce. Okay. I thought Deuce Staley played for the, for the Saints. That's Deuce Staley. That's oh, yeah. Deuce McAllister. Yes, yeah. yeah, Deuce Staley. All of them, listen. Stop playing around. Come on down there to the HBCUs. <laughs> you know what I mean? Come on down there. Come on down to Alabama State. We love you in the gum. We love you in the gum. What's up, man? I keep getting off topic because I got to. He over here nervous I'm, being doing whatever. Nah, I ain't nervous. I'm just dropping stuff. Right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, so do we just get on? We just talked about the Black Lives Matter. Yeah, yeah. Initiative, no. right? Okay, let's let's jump into that. No, no we ain't talk. Oh, yeah, let's get out that too then. Yeah. All right, so <laughs> what we get out the next break? one. Nah, we get out that one too. Let's go. So, see, since you know football, you definitely know football very well, right? <laughs> Give me, because I was oh, gonna, we yeah. asked like we asked, our question was name like. Name one player um, on the, off the defense that doesn't get the respect that they deserve. But I want you to name me a few players. Like, name me at least five players that you feel like in the NFL right now currently that is top tier but don't get the respect they deserve. Easy. 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 Let's go. So, um, Jamal Adams, safety for the Seahawks. Really? really? Uh, no, 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 come no. on, come on, Sean. No, I don't think Jamal gets all the respect he deserves. He's all, I don't think he does. He covers no players. So, 
again, I don't think he gets the respect that he deserves. If you let him be a, a strong safety, he is top notch. But when they put him in coverage, he is a it's a long day. No, no, you've not you. But again, you have to understand how certain defensive coordinators work and the systems that you see certain guys in. So, yet again, that's why I name him. He doesn't get the credit that he deserves. He gets, he gets, he gets, he gets annihilated every time. So, so I don't, I don't, I don't agree with that. But I'll, and I'll give you my other player. I feel like Jerome Baker, linebacker for the Dolphins, doesn't get enough credit. Okay, okay, okay. keep going. Definitely feel that way. Um, let's go to another one. J.C. Jackson, DB for the Patriots. He's he's that dude. Yes. Let me tell you, 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 you haven't seen enough film of him. You haven't seen enough film of him to understand that he is he is the next Ty Law. No lie. Wow. Wow. That's a big J.C. Jackson. Yes. Do you think Belichick he gave... has done great things for him in that in their in their system? I'm not kidding you. He he's great. Okay. He's he's been really good, um, especially with having Stephon Gilmore go down this year um, to an injury and being out a few games. He was out. Yes. Google him. Trust me. Trust me. Um, who else do I feel like doesn't get enough credit? I would definitely have to say I'll even go to my rookie that I talked about um, because he was drafted late. And I've always felt like he was a guy that a lot of people didn't look at. And that's Antoine Winfield, safety mm-hmm. for, the for the Bucks. Yes. Coming out of Minnesota, I knew he was going to be a, a special player. And we saw what this young man was able to do throughout the playoffs and in the Super Bowl. Not a lot of people gave him a lot of credit. I got to give you one out so. of four. Keep going. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> you, you already started there with Jamal Adams. I like, hey, wow. I, I, I know exactly what he – I know it's out style of defense he needs to be in and everything. So. Well, you know, of course you are a Falcons fan, so you would say that. You would say that. Say that again? Being a Falcons fan, you would say that. She said being a Falcons fan, you would say that. Well, we didn't need him in our defense because we run that cover three, which is trash. And that's the reason why, the reason why we would never put him. But no, give me your, give me your number five. I don't want to stop you. I want to stop you. So my fifth player, he didn't play this year. Um, which I understand, you know, a lot of guys did opt out um, this year, but I definitely have to go with Dante Hightower. I mean, mm. he's been yes, that yes. linebacker that holds the glue together. And, I mean, we saw it when he came out of Alabama, and I just – I don't think he gets enough credit. I don't. So he didn't play this year. He opted not to play this year due to the pandemic. But, I mean, when you look at what Hightower has been able to do, over the course of the years in Belichick's defense, he's phenomenal. He is phenomenal in coverage, and he can get downfield with the best of the best tight ends as well. So, yeah. She got, what, two out of the five? She 
got two out of five. Right? Oh my god! Like, like, I guarantee you, I can give you ten plays real quick of tape with Jamal Adams got exposed coverage. Just, no, you can't even you can't even give me ten plays. But you know what? This is coming from a Falcons fan. Yes, I can. I can show you the Rams. It is typical. I can show you the Rams games in the playoff when they exposed them. When they expose them. I can show you that game. You're watching. You, I guarantee I can show you at least no. at least five plays where they just. I watched the game, and I, I promised you. I did, too. That, that didn't happen. If, if Jamal Adams is not in a position where he can be, he can just be on range. He can just be running free freely. He is not any good on the defense. He's not any good. He's got to be He's got to be off the line. He's got to be on the line. He's got to be at least in the box. Or, he, or he's doubling down and creating and, and tackling. That's it. Anything else with Jamal Adams, if you put him on coverage, he is going to get annihilated by anybody all the time. Well, I tell you this. I tell you this. He will be in the top five conversation of DP of the year this upcoming season. I I promise you. Oh no. I don't see that happen. Okay. I know, I know your football Listen, acumen is high, but no, sir. I don't think he gets enough respect. So, yes, he gave up the three first round picks for him. That's a respect enough for a safety that don't cover. Hey, again, it's your opinion. That's your opinion. Defensively, give me your offensive end. Ah. Oh wow, I gotta really think about this. Cause you know, I, I know you guys probably gonna go quarterback. No, nah, don't 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 do us like that. No, <laughs> okay. Like, um we, we understand. I, I I definitely I, I definitely have to go with number one by far. I mean, when we look at what Devontae Adams was able to do this year, he's a beast. Mm-hmm. Devontae Adams for sure. Um, I'll even, I'll, and, and you know what, I'll give you this because I I've seen him as well, make some phenomenal plays. And I mean, how can I deny the Falcons receiver? How can I deny that? He's laughing. He's smiling. Oh, so, you know, really? I know you're talking about Julio. <laughs> She's definitely talking about Julio. I'm talking about Julio. Julio. I got to go Julio. I've seen Julio make some phenomenal plays. Absolutely. When, when, when he's healthy, he's... He, he's, he's yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, let's see. All right. Top five offense. Wow. We just stick in the game today. Just in the game right now. I know. I'm, I'm trying to... I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Ah. Uh, you said Devontae, you gave Julio. Yeah. Um, you know, honestly, I, I've got to think of who really stood out. You know, I don't uh and, and again, receivers, they stood out to me this year. Um, I, I would even say AJ Brown. AJ Brown. Um they stood out to me more this year. Um I mean, you you can't take away anything away from Jarvis Landry. Yeah, I mean, when Odell went down, he really—I mean, even before then, 
I mean, Jarvis is just that dude, you know? He he is hard to cover even across the slot. So, and again, I, I, I'm, I'm just thinking because of the people who stood out to me this year. Um, I'm trying to think running back, but up oh, Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb. He is underrated. Nick Chubb. Right. So, before, before we get you out of here, give me a thoughts on like Tua. What do you? It's a lot of people who think that Tua is not what they think he should could be. What, give me your thoughts on Tua. Like, what do you feel like? What's his next level uh, when it comes up to this next season? Okay, I didn't hear the question. Give me your thoughts on Tua. Yeah, you say, I'm sorry. Give me your thoughts, thoughts on uh, Tua. What's your, What's your thoughts, thoughts on Tua for Miami? Tua. Tua. Yeah. Tua. Okay. Oh, um, Tua? Can you hear me now? I like Tua. Now, this is going to be the telltale season for Tua. Um, now that it's it's totally his team. As we know, Ryan Fitzpatrick um, has retired. And I don't think the Dolphins no, are going to no. bring. Fitzpatrick's coming back. Where did you hear that? What, what you breaking news? How about that? Hold on, she's getting that's breaking news. I heard on Twitter. Heard on Twitter. Wow. So clearly, you're not watching Twitter these days. That's that's the most that's the most well, information. I, I still feel like it's to a team. I still feel like it's to a team. So with that being said. I think Tua will be fine. I think that it's going to be very important for them to have that good offensive line around Tua so he doesn't take a lot of hard hits. Mm -hmm. And I think as long as you're able to allow Tua to be able to um, do what he does best, and that is escape the pocket and put him in in a couple of option plays, we'll see him do well. But you don't want Tua back there taking a lot of hard hits. So, um, he's again, he's great at running the option. He's great at escaping the pocket and being able to, to pick up the first down as a quarterback. We don't see a lot of quarterbacks able to do that. We do see that from Kyler Murray. So, that's why I think Tua will be fine. Okay. I agree. I agree. I agree. Well, since that, that was our last question, man, you you passed the yes. test. You know a little something. You know a little something. <laughs> you know a little something. And it's happy. We're very happy to have you. Let's get our last thoughts from this game. I can't. Before we get out of it, can we? Can we? It's like they're slinging all kind of plays. Yeah, I yeah, think it's a place, place you got going on behind. behind. Like, I, don't, yeah. I don't know what's going on. But, um. Uh, before we get out of here, I'm gonna let Don to give his final thoughts with you uh, before we. Before okay. We so, Sean, we're gonna appreciate you for coming on the Argon Brothers podcast. We surely enjoyed the knowledge that you brought with the you know brought with with you today, and, and hey, we want you to come back. Yes. Yeah, this was definitely super, super amazing. Being at his Women's International Month, you are, you are a superstar. superstar. Yeah. The NFL is blessed to have you. No doubt. No doubt. Definitely. Definitely. And like I said, Donovan said, you're welcome anytime. I know draft is coming in what, April. We'd love to have you back on. Perfect. I, I truly appreciate you guys. This is an honor. You know, being able to talk to the Argon brothers, you know, we, we got to get like, you know, really in the Grinches. 
Like I, I need to be able, I need to be able to block James, you know, because I'm gonna be in the A gap and block him for trying to tell me who he thinks is good in coverage and who's not. I'm gonna show him. And I really appreciate the way you're building us up. You know what I mean? I love it. I love it. We yeah, take sir. it. We, we lo- we're taking it. We love it. Uh, just get, for, before you get out of here, just give give out your, um, your, um, I want to call it a newsletter. The newsletter? Yeah, t- yeah, give out your newsletter one more time and your Instagram and your Twitter and everything else so everybody know how to contact you. Yes. So my Twitter is S, the number two, NFL, and my Instagram is SG underscore NFL. So you can find me there. I'm talking football all the time. I'm definitely going to point my sister. (laughs) She loves football. She loves the Ravens. And I'm like, I always tell her, like, listen, like, I don't really talk about that much about sports when I'm around people. But I always tell her, like, yo, like, listen, there are people who love sports just as much as you do. You just need to get in that in that arena. So yes. it would be great to have somebody who's who, who like-minded, that understands the game like you do, that can talk through it, that she can just learn so much from. So we definitely appreciate having you on. Thank you, guys. It's an honor for me. So I'll definitely will be back. No Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so appreciate much. You. So everybody give a round of applause for me. Brown, Ms. Hey guys, I'm hopping off right now. Uh, but thank you. I'm hopping off right now because they're about to open. But right. <laughs> so, you take care. Yes, but Donovan, I will hit you up as soon as I get get outside. Okay. Right. Thank you, sir. We totally appreciate it. That was a good one, man. Yeah. All good. Definitely was a good show. Uh, good to get the you know female perspective, man. She's very thorough, very, very, very thorough, very knowledgeable. And I, I think, I think you know, it works. It works. But we got to get back, get her back on after the draft. You know, after everything is settled in and settled down, and people have been picked and everything, and mm-hmm. see how we can make it move forward. Closing thoughts, D Spring. Oh man, hell of a day. You know, you had nice weather outside. You had a great day on the mic. Dang, over, man. Y'all look about to die. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> it's evening time. It's daylight savings, you know. Daylight savings, you know. The time. Go home, go to bed. That's the way he said it. <laughs> they over like. Uh, he is a little aged. Go home and go to bed. You know, he's a little older. I'm about to go to sleep. You know, I'm older, you know. I'm he is a little sleep. older. <laughs> you know, he's a little seasoned. No. He's the elder statesman of the group. So we got to respect our elders. Exactly. Right? You respect your elders, young you man. respect, respect our your elders. elders. But, no, nah, it was a great show today, man. And, you know, we just got to keep building off of this. You know, she came with a lot of knowledge and a lot of understanding. And, hey, just take it and move forward and enjoy it and keep it moving. Yeah, man, definitely, man. It's always good to, you know, showcase powerful black women. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's doing amazing things in the NFL. A lot of things she's doing outside the NFL – um, and she's pushing the envelope, man. You know, she she shows that, you know, she can dissect just like the men can. Mm-hmm. And there's no stereotype of, man, you know, women don't know sports or women don't know football. Exactly. She debunks that totally. Right? Like her, her SG uh, NFL wide, man, is flat out amazing. So, you know, truly thank her again for coming on the show, man. And we just continue to just, you know, do big things, mm-hmm. man. And all our guests, if you want to see anybody on the show that's, you know, Worthy man, let's 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 hit us up, man. And we give one more shout out to Shay Bracer for hook making that connection for Absolutely, us. Absolutely, shout man. out Shay. Let's go, JD. That's, that's dope, man. Listen, she was amazing. We know that 
you know, bringing that type of caliber of guests on this show only makes us smarter, only makes us better. So we just need to keep building off of that. Uh, first and foremost, we want to give uh, Mr. Springs here a happy birthday. Yes, yes sir. Yes, D. Springs, happy birthday, big boy. Get things that we know how old you really are. Facts. Yes. Uh, You're definitely a lot closer to 50 than y'all 40. True. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, man, listen, happy birthday to you. Appreciate it, bro. You know what I mean? Happy birthday to your little one. No doubt. I think we missed that. We didn't get able to say that on, on the mic with Miles. Miles, man. Uh, happy birthday to that. And, yo, man, listen, we want to give a shout out to Key. Key is not here today because he's in quarantine. <laughs> uh, uh, he decided to go to New York City. We're going to put his business out there. He decided he wanted to go to New York last weekend and have a grand time and forgot that it's still COVID outside. And he had his mask off and on at equilibrium. Like, he had no problem keeping it off for how long he kept it off. So we're going to put your business out there where you would do it, dog. You know what I mean? Because you were putting it on the ground, we're going to put it on you. Talking about why my, why my video wasn't saying out there, out there in COVID, oh, raw dog in air. <laughs> like, you, like raw dog, you ain't got the best bro, scene, wild, bro. bro. You ain't got the best scene yet. Y'all boys wild. Y'all boys wild, man. Y'all boys wild, man. You ain't got the best scene yet. Y'all boys wild, man. Nah, we, oh, man. Nah, Key, man, we miss you, man. But, yeah, we that's just all for you. That was all for you right there. I even cut your mic completely off, too, so that you could uh, So it wouldn't even feel it, offend of you being here. So if you would have bring your COVID self over here, it wasn't going to happen. Oh, man, y'all boys, wild, man. Nah, man, yo, let's, let's get out of here, man. But yo, We're going to shout out to the ladies, man. Shout out to everybody. Shout out to Happy Women's Day, Happy International Day, all that good stuff. Happy International Month, all that good stuff, man.
I'm blessed, yes, clap for the heavyweight champ, me, but I couldn't do it all alone, we, young money raised me, grew up out in Paisley, Southside Jamaica, Queensland is crazy, cause I'm still hood, Hollywood couldn't change me, shout out to my haters, I be that you couldn't phase me, ain't pretty cocky, they just vindicated, just believe that what we done this moment will be syndicated, I don't know, this night just remind me of, everything they deprived me of, What up, what up, what up? We're back for another episode, episode 48, and we got a special guest today, fellas. How you doing? Man, we good, bro. We good. Like me, here, baby. Good weather, good weather. Good weather, good no. weather. No. Hey, that sounds good, man. It, it has been nice, though. It's been real nice three or four days. Yep. Like, my allergies on 10. <laughs> my allergies are on 10. But as far as the weather, I cannot complain. I'm happy. It's joyous. I don't. I have no issues, but my allergies are on ten. You can hear it in my voice. It's a little scratchy. Uh, it just. It sounds like I have a lot of mucus going on. <laughs> really? <bro? laughs> and it is. it is. I'm just telling you. What, I'm just telling you the truth. So, if you hear me snort, don't don't be shamed. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't be don't don't be embarrassed because I won't. Hey, I'm just letting like you guys know right now. So everybody's good. So uh, let's know. introduce. Dante, you introduce our guest for today. No doubt, big homie. Uh, today we have a special guest. First of all, I'd like to give a shout out. It is. Mute yourself. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, continue. Today we have a special guest. I'd like to give a shout out to my homegirl, Shay Bracy, you know, for making this connection for us. Uh, she's like my little sister, you know, a native South Carolinian. But today we have another South Carolinian, Miss Shari Graham, who I met through Shay. And I'm happy that she was able to come on our show due to her busy schedule. So, guys, this is Shari Graham. We're happy for her to be here. Welcome. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show, ma'am. How you doing? Can she hear us? I'm well. Thank you, Kai. I am very honored to be here. <laughs> honored. <laughs> we appreciate that. I love we love that. I love that. Oh, we oh no, no, we ain't losing, are we? Yo, entertaining me. Are we? Can you guys hear me? It feels like it's um. It is breaking up a little bit on our. It's end. kind of an echo. It is breaking up on our end. Okay. Yeah. Can you hear us now? Mine is muted. You can hear us, sir. Nah, is she freezing, man? Dang it! Is you freezing? Think Josh Shire freezing, right? Yeah, she's freezing. She froze on us. Damn. Shari, you froze? Yeah. Everybody froze. I know, yeah. Yeah, Almost, yeah, yeah. We're having, we having some um, problems over here. On both ends, I guess. 
I know. Yeah. Hold on, let's stop this for a second. Tell me we're gonna stop it. Oh, we're gonna stop it. Sorry, hold on. So we can get this thing right. Okay.